Earlier on Pacific Breakfast Show this morning, we discussed the preliminary results of the end-of-life choice referendum with Dr. Sinead Donnelly, a Wellington-based palliative care medicine specialist. Now, we turn our attention now to the other referendum that ran side-by-side, the Cannabis Legalization and Control Referendum. If you recall, the preliminary results show that in response to the question, do you support the proposed Cannabis Legalization and Control Bill, 46.1% voted yes. Yes, 53.1% voted no. A very narrower margin than the end-of-life choice referendum. Joining us uh, for more on the results now is Ranjit Tanielu from the Salvation Army Social Policy and Parliamentary Unit. Uh, Ranjit campaigned passionately against both the end-of-life choice and cannabis legalization and control referendum. Talofa Ranjit, welcome back into the program. Hey, Taloha Ni. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the program again. Brother, give us your initial thoughts on the results, starting with the cannabis. Yeah, I think overall I'm really glad that um, New Zealanders voted um, in general, but also on the referendum. In terms of cannabis, of course, um, I was uh, strongly voting no, and so uh, uh, very um, uh, very happy that, that we've come to that decision as a nation. There's still work to do in terms of cannabis and drugs in our nation, but um, I think we've come to the right decision uh, in terms of euthanasia, uh, really disappointed about that result, uh, but um, hoping that uh, we as a country can learn from that result as we move forward. We'll get to the end of life choice in a minute, but I was just wondering now, with regards to cannabis, you know, what will this now mean in terms of um, another the fight for, or to legalize or legalization around cannabis? Will this do you? Um, will this venture it head again in the near future? Uh, is the fight over, or is there another day uh, that's coming for those who wanted to keep pushing? Yeah, to be honest, also I don't think the fight is over. I think the fight is is, is started uh, again. Um, I think what we'll see is because uh, the cannabis one was a non-binding referendum, so that means that um, obviously we voted no, so cannabis uh, remains illegal. But what I think will happen is. Uh, in the next, uh, maybe in this term or the next few terms, we'll probably see uh, politicians again try and drive that agenda. Uh, we've already had the former Prime Minister Helen Clark say that uh, that if they if the country voted no, uh, that they would try and get it through a private members bill. And so I think that's a, a really horrible approach from from the former Prime Minister. And so um, I think the fight's going to continue in in the future, um, and uh, people who want to legalize this in our country will continue to push this agenda uh, some way, somehow. Let's look at the uh, the margin, because the margin between the cannabis, as you saw, were very close. Um, and then we looked at the end-of-life choice bill, where that was, was, was quite tremendous in terms of the gap between. Why do you think that margin, you know, impacted the difference between those margins between the two referendums? Yeah, I think part of it also is that media controls a lot of how we think as a people, how we think as a nation. And I think when it came to both, I think there was a lot of misinformation uh, uh, in both campaigns. I think when it came to the cannabis one, to be honest, also, I'm really pleased with that result because it was just a small group of community workers that were pushing against the media, the majority of the politicians, and so much of the mainstream narrative was pushing the yes vote. So to actually get that margin was an absolute um, a blessing. In terms of the margin around the, the euthanasia stuff, 
well, there was a lot of misinformation there. People didn't really understand what they were voting for. There was polling um, that was done before the, 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 the referendum. They said about 80% of voters thought that it was about turning off the life support machines, which has nothing to do with what this referendum was, what was about. So I think a lot of it comes back to media, mainstream media and the narratives that they pushed. And in the end, whatever is the dominant narrative that comes out through media, that's where a lot of our people um, fall into and believe. And so I'm quite pleased in the cannabis result, but I think you could really see the power of media and politics and others with the euthanasia result. And the medium of media that we're receiving these things through. Look, I'm, I, if anything, most people that I spoke to were actually expecting the reverse correlation of what we saw. I think most people were thinking cannabis was going to come through, uh, but uh, end of life choice, uh, well, no, maybe another fight for another time. Now, speaking of the end of life choice referendum, what are the options in terms of avenues to, um, I guess, to, to take the fight back into government or to the powers that be the same way that we spoke about how the former prime minister was talking about a private member's bill? Is there something similar in terms of uh, avenues for those who still want to, uh, uh, those who said no to the end of life choice referendum? Yeah, for those of us that have been pushing against um, the, the, the legalizing of assisted suicide and euthanasia, there's a few more options. The challenge, of course, as you know, also, is that um, the, 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 the euthanasia referendum was a binding referendum. So that means that that's going to become law because we voted yes, it's going to become law in our country in a year or so. But that means there's still opportunities for us as communities, as people to have a say in in terms of lobbying to our politicians, going back and challenging government. I think the real challenge with the euthanasia bill when it becomes full law is that there's not enough protections around vulnerable people. So about coercing vulnerable people, about making sure that those with disabilities, those of our elderly people aren't just heading towards that pathway of assisted suicide because they're lonely, because they're isolated. So we as a, as a community still have opportunities to go back to our government to try and tighten up the law uh, a bit more. Uh, but the challenge is, is it, it's a binding referendum. And even people when they voted didn't understand that as well, that there was a difference between a binding and a non-binding. And so again, uh, the, the options are limited, but we still live in a free country that has a democracy. So we can still go back to our politicians. I encourage our people to lobby our Pacific MPs and government there's so many Pacific MPs in government and Labour now. How do we lobby them to make sure that the vulnerable people are taken care of in that piece of legislation? Now, for you personally, what do you see um, will be some of the you know the major impacts you know based on Friday's result for both the referendums uh, on our Pacific community? Yeah, I think the the, the results around cannabis is. Um, is a good result, but I think there's still work that needs to be done around educating around cannabis and making sure um, that, that that's not an, a, 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 an attractive pathway for our young people. So because we voted no, it's going to stay illegal. But of course, we need to make sure that our Pacific communities aren't using and going down those pathways. Uh, we're trying to keep them away from going out to the to the illegal market. So there's, there's still options there in terms of making sure that Pacific people are protected especially our young people. Um, we need to be lobbying government about how we make our health services and our addiction services strong enough and also relevant enough to Pacifica people if and when they come through uh, the addictions and the health process. When it comes to euthanasia, I think there's a lot of work that our 
that we need to do, especially for our Pacific elderly, for our people, Pacific people with disabilities, others who are vulnerable and isolated and marginalized. And so again, uh, we need to make sure that our Pacific people aren't falling into that pathway of going down euthanasia because they're coerced or because they're isolated. So again, we need to be going back to government to, to challenge them, to lobby them, to make that law as safe as possible. Right now, we've passed a law that, um, as a lawyer, um, when I look at it, it's a really bad law when it comes to euthanasia. But we need, we as a Pacific people need to be pushing um, the government to make sure that law is tighter and more controlled so that our, our vulnerable people are protected and safe. Hmm. Roger Tonielu, thank you very much for your time this morning. Salvation Army Social Policy and Parliamentary Unit. Appreciate that. Thank you Thanks again. So, so.